Welcome to Malk's TV Talk, the podcast where we take a loving, longing look at TV and tell you this week, Sunrise are attempting something never done before on Australian breakfast TV. No, it's not offering informed and interesting comment on current events. Rather, they're broadcasting from a different country every morning this week. Starting in the Middle East, they're covering Dubai, London, New York, Niagara Falls, and Cancun in what can only be described as logistical madness. The Today Show have responded with plans for their own multi-country broadcast, though it's understood it's a ruse in the hope Carl Stefanovic will get lost with someone's luggage. Since the dawn of time, man has searched far and wide for the best things on TV. What to watch. How to watch. Who's watching what. Free to wear this. VPN that. Plug in and listen to what other people think about what you are and are not watching. It's Mox TV Talk, the podcast, with your host, Steve Mock. Joining me this week, he's a former scout and co-star of the Toyota Memorable Moments ad campaign with Stephen Curry. We've seen him on screen in such great shows as The Time of Our Lives, Blue Healers, Lowdown, Never Tear Us Apart, The Story of In Excess, and The Mule with last week's guest, Angus Sampson. He's currently killing it on our screens in the excellent ensemble cast of Working Dogs Utopia as the ever-enthusiastic and faithful Scott and is about to star in a new Australian film, Oddball, with Shane Jacobson. He'll show you how to bowline your sheep, Ben. It's Australian TV (laughs) royalty, Dave Lawson. (laughs) Thank you very much for having me, Steve. Welcome aboard, Dave. Now, I have to say... In doing a little bit of Google research on you ahead of time, okay. there's a lot of lies about you on the internet. Yeah, there's plenty. L- not least of which, your Wikipedia page suggesting that you're going to give up comedy to become a tram driver. Yeah, I don't know who is in charge of that. I've not touched it. I don't even um, really know how to use the internet. But it also <laughs> said, I, th- I think that might have started because the first thing I read that was a lie in there was um, Henry, Henry Lawson's great-grandson. Yes, and they've pushed that hard. They t- I, don't, I don't know whoever's pushing it. So this, um, I thought what might be a good idea is if I can, um, rather than change the page, become the page. Yeah. So someone else has put up there, I'm going to um, become a tram driver, uh, hoping that I will become a tram driver. I uh, would just own the Henry Lawson connection. I, I know. It's it's tough, but I feel bad for my actual great-grandfather. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he, he might be going, what? what was wrong with me? Been replaced. Yeah. Sorry, Gramps. I, I've, I've tried, and people are disappointed when they find out that I'm not Henry Lawson's great-grandson, but uh, you can't trust Wikipedia. That's that's the lesson no. I've learned. That's right. Kids do actual research. The other thing that surprised yeah, me I think is so. there are some amazing photos where you look about six. Oh, what, on the internet? Mm. Uh, now, I know you're a grown-up human man, yeah. but without the beard or moustache, you look about six. Yeah, I think that could have been – there, there was, might be a few Nickelodeon photos floating around because I ended up on Nickelodeon for about five years um, and they might have um, done something to the photographs. But, yeah, I think with a beard <laughs> – but I, am, I, 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 have started to get, I have started to get some blonde bits in my beard and um, – in my hair, and so I'm mm-hmm. suddenly going this sort of silvery blonde. So I'm, I think I'm aging quickly. I, cause I, this was my problem. I, I never looked like a man. I felt like I always looked like a boy, and now I feel <laughs> like I missed like an in between point. Now I'm going just to to look like um yeah like I'm on my way out suddenly. Dave Lawson, comedic man child. <laughs> Can I use that? Sure. <laughs> now Dave, there's a few uh, of us floating around a- though. I think yes. 
There are a few of you floating around. Dave, do you watch much Brecky TV? Uh, oh, look, a little bit, not a whole lot. I've got a um, four-and-a-half-year-old, so normally it's if, if anything's on in the morning, it's going to be um, ABC for kids. Yep. So I think Thomas, Thomas the Tank Engine, uh, Fireman Sam. Luna Jim. Who's that? Have you not seen Luna Jim? No. What's that? Is that oh, on ABC for delightful. kids? Yeah, well, it certainly has been. It might be oh, later no. in the day. My son was a Addicted to it. It right. is the story of a spaceman yeah, called okay. Luna Jim. Uh, his catchphrase oh, is "Let's get Luna," and it's <laughs> that claymation style, uh, you know, kind of Wallace and Gromit-ish, uh, yeah. you know, animation stop motion stuff. But he is on the moon, yeah, and he has some friends that live in his space station with him. You know, a scientist and uh, a scientist lady and a someone oh, else wow. guy, and he's got his uh, whenever he gets and, and a, a robot dog. That you know, let's get Luna, and they um, oh. go up to their the spaceport, and they get in the ship, and it changes depending on the kind of thing they have to go and do. So oh, great! It would be great to come up with one of these shows. I remember when I was working at Nickelodeon, I, I got to meet um, Steve Hillenberg, who created SpongeBob SquarePants. Yes, and before that, he was just a, a marine biologist, and he had this idea for a cartoon. You know, not knowing how big it was going to become, um, so it was qu- it's quite inspiring to sort of hear that from someone else. Who look, sometimes these ideas aren't stupid. You, you think they're stupid, but you've just got to follow through with them. And a lot of people told him that you know, who's going to watch a show about a, a, a sea sponge whose best mm. mate is a starfish? The answer is everyone. Yeah, I, I know. So that's often when you think, oh. this this is a great idea, and someone says, uh, "Really? Uh, don't you know? Don't second guess yourself." In fact, Nickelodeon built their channel on it. Yeah, that, and um, you can't do that on television. Oh, how good is that yeah, show? Kids nothing. research. Uh, why don't they remake that? You can't do that on television. I know, and just the, the, the Alanis, Mor- Alanis Morissette was in that. Yeah. yeah, that's all you need. That's all you need. It was an inno- more innocent time. Yeah, I know. You open the door now on, on, you know, that wall of doors and windows and stuff. You open that now. That's right, yeah. You're likely to find a producer touching one of the kids. Oh, yeah, either that or we can't actually slime them for health and safety reasons. Or we can't, <laughs> What do you mean, throw water in a studio? No, 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 that's not going to happen. Can we pretend to throw water? We'll put it in after. What is that slime made of? Uh, oh, there's different slimes. There's... Now, there's there's a secret recipe, but often when mm. we're working at Nickelodeon, if you needed something quick and edible, uh, get yourself uh, you know a liter of custard and add a bit yes. of add a bit of green food dye. Great. So if you've got a party, if you're throwing a party for your kids, and you want something you can throw around, try, yeah, try that. You can put food dye in anything. You can put it in yogurt, or if you know, if if people are allergic to yogurt, you can probably put it in um, something in milk. Or <laughs> it was if they're nice lactose intolerant. <laughs> it's always a uh, nicely fluorescent color. Yeah, yeah, it depends on how much green food uh, dye you add, but you've got to put a fair bit in it. I do remember once we were made to eat it, and Ooh. this is the danger with eating any or green food dye is that it's going to what it comes out the other end is going to be green. Just yeah. a heads up, you sort of. I almost took myself to emergency <laughs> until I realised what it what had happened. <laughs> Yeah, sorry about Goodness that. Goodness me. Well, look, we will reminisce about some of these things, and I have a bunch of questions lined up for you. However, first. You want to have yep. a chat a little bit about some more news? Mm-hmm. Let's do this. Okay. Get all your TV news at MulksTVTalk.com. But first, some news. It's been a week of reality TV finals with Emmy and Marie from Brisbane's Bird ne- Bird's Nest winning The Hot Plate, Emma Friedman winning Dancing with the Stars, 
and Anna Rood winning the Great Australian Spelling Bee. This week, we'll find out who wins The Bachelor, and next week, we discover which plastic surgeon won the new face of The Bachelorette. <laughs> Dave, do you watch much reality TV, given you've got a four-and-a-half-year-old? Um, I, I look, I have watched a lot of my time, and I enjoy it. Uh, this season, I'd have to say no. Most of the shows you mentioned then, I've, um, I haven't watched a whole lot of. Um, but I, I, I did get quite into Big Brother season one and two. When was that? Mm-hmm. 2002? Oh, ish, yeah, one and two, I think. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, I, look, I enjoy it. I don't see anything wrong with it. Yeah, well, it certainly – well, uh, there's some criticism sometimes, though, isn't there, from your, you know, fancy-schmancy actors that like to re- remember lines, <laughs> you know, yeah, saying right. that these people are taking food out of their mouths. Well, I don't know. If, if it's entertaining people, that's the that's the real purpose, isn't it, of it? So, you know, I don't, it's supposed to be it. I don't see any problem with it, you know. Yeah, no, I've I've never had an issue with it because I've quite enjoyed it. What what good is a commercial network that doesn't show reality TV and then goes out of business because nobody's watching it? There's no drama going on well, that yeah. magical closed down channel, is there? No, it's a lose lose if 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 they're not if they're not making making a little bit of scratch from the reality TV show, they can maybe they could just flick a bit our way, but they don't seem to be doing that too often. No, have you ever auditioned? For a reality show? Mm. Uh, no, but my brother actually got down to the final 50 for Series 2 of Big Brother. And Are you I serious? think Marty, this was the year of Marty and Jess. Yes. Um, uh, so I think they might have got, my brother, he might have been 19 at the time, 18, 19. Um, so he got down to the final 50 and they did all the medical tests on him. And um, yeah, then I think they went with the, uh, Marty. I think it might have been a blessing in disguise that he didn't get in really, you know, because I don't know. There's a few people that come out the other side all right. Like, you know, you've got your Chrissy Swans and um, mm. Fitzy. Fitzy, yeah, Fitzy does all right. Merlin. Where, where's he now? <laughs> I think he's still freeing th- refugees. Oh, yeah. Well, that's right. Um, he, he got his message across though, didn't he? That was his whole sure purpose is. for being in it. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. He, he didn't get in, but um, I think, yeah, years later I ended up, Marty ended up being on Nickelodeon as well. Um, so I got to meet him. He was, but I don't know where he is these days either. I think he's out on the farm. Yeah. That's, yeah, well, he was good at that. Do you remember Marty and Jess, a love story? Oh, yeah. That's right. We had actually had both of them. I did a Saturday morning kids show on Nickelodeon. They both came on. And, look, they did seem like they liked each other. But they, did they – have they – they're not, not together anymore, are they? Very much not together. Oh, yes. really? Mm. Okay. Well, they need a follow-up. I reckon one. Marty and Jess, where are they now? Why don't they like each other? Yeah, anymore? what happened? Yeah, because they were all over each other. Yeah, couldn't stop. There's been, well, there's been a few romances. Oh, there was also in this, – this, this is showing my um, knowledge of Big Brother. There was um, Peter and Christina. Didn't they get it on? The Duna Yeah, dancing, the, uh, the original fiasco. series. Christina Ballerina. The Dancing Duna. And Peter yeah. Timms that went on to, Christina to be Ballerina. On, on radio, Triple M in Brisbane. He wrote for TV Week. That's right. Uh, all sorts of things. Yeah, well, there's another one who's still kicking along. and um, yeah. She's now a stand-up comic. Is she? Yes. Ah, oh, well, there you go. Yeah, so I look, Series 1 and 2 of Big Brother, I'm pretty confident on my knowledge, um, but Good. after that, I, uh, I I dropped off a bit. What I found interesting is, um, again, Nickelodeon they they got a lot of these series one people in, and they had no idea how big it was going to be when they went into the house because mm-hmm. it was essentially a renter crowd that they got for that first um, entrance into the house. So they had no idea that when they came out, 
everyone was going to know their name, which I found interesting in the later series. People did have that idea um, in their head that when they came out, they were going to at least be doing some nightclub appearances in the first few weeks. Rove. Rove, you'd be on Rove, yeah. yeah. But then Rove stopped. Oh, no, he was. He seemed quite reluctant to have them on. Well, he got selective. I think there was yeah. – might have been the third series or something where he went, no, I'm not having that person on. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, okay. Well, Good. yeah. I suppose that's what that's what they were going to the Big Brother house to be on robe. So maybe you just said no. No, yeah. you're not. You you missed that. What a career plan. What are you doing? What are you doing, Big Brother for? I just want to be on robe. Yeah, to get on robe. I, I I went to the um audience of robe a couple of times, which was it was good fun. But they haven't done it. There's not not been another Tonight Show since then, has there? No, oh, there hasn't been. Adam Hills did a bit, didn't he? Oh, yeah, but I think. Well, yeah, I guess so in Gordon Street tonight. Yeah. But I, I wouldn't have put yeah. it in the same kind of context like it was a fun tonight show but a really limited run yeah uh whereas rove was almost guaranteed you know 38 40 weeks a year yeah and uh, look i i look i enjoyed rove i really enjoyed watching that it was one of those shows i'd like you know sitting down i mean this might have been slightly before you know internet tv i suppose wasn't it rove yeah definitely so it's more of that time when the family would sit around the television or by family i meant me and my flatmates um <laughs> but yeah it's it's really changed in the last you know what five years especially it would be particularly brutal these days i think yeah. if for a, because we tend to be fairly uh critical on social media about television as we live tweet there is a lot of positives and stuff and people you know i'm a big fan of this show a big fan of that yeah. show but when you throw particularly comics and stuff onto something like a, a rove, people would be merciless. Who's this jerk? What's the blah, blah, blah? Like I could just imagine it would be yeah. a social media yeah. minefield. Yeah, well, that's right. And I, I imagine that um, TV networks do take that into account these days, what people are saying on social media. Far too much. Yeah. Yeah. As do reputable, allegedly reputable media outlets that write articles on a st- on a show yeah. that was on last night, give it about three paras, and then just pump in a few tweets. Oh, from the, yeah, the, that's right. Off hashtags. That's not yeah. journalism. From, yeah, yeah, from a couple couple of trolls. Mm, oh, from whatever. Yeah, whatever. That guaranteed, if yeah. you're a journalist, you will find five or six tweets that will support whatever theorem you're going to deliver on the television show you're writing. Yeah. About. Yeah, that's right. I mean, I've I've found um, I I tried not to look too much, you know, or it's it's hard not to look at a hashtag. Um, and fortunately, with Utopia, you know, I checked it out, but they um seem to be very positive about about this. Um, but you know, you, you it just takes one bad one bad tweet to read, and then you've destroyed yourself. So it's not worth reading. You can yeah, read twenty and- positive ones, and then you read one bad one. You go, oh, they're right. No, nope, they've got they're right. They're right. <laughs> It's like reviews a bit, isn't it? I mean, you, I remember talking to a number of people. I've said, oh, you know, I do read reviews. I don't read reviews, those sorts of things. And and on the whole, back when it was only reviewers that really had an opinion, yeah. other than what happened at the water cooler, you know, people would sweat over what such and such thought or, yeah. you know, the, the age gave us four stars or that kind of thing. Nowadays, people are willing yeah. to drop out in less than 140 characters well and truly what they think of not just the show, but the <laughs> specific person at that specific time. Yeah, and you can contact that that specific person directly as well oh, to tell them what yes. you think about them. So, oh, yeah. painful! Yeah, it's um, yeah, it's, it's it's a nasty, nasty business to be in. Oh. Let's talk more about Utopia and those things in a second, mm-hmm. Dave. I wanted to get your opinion on some formative things for you, if that's okay. Okay. 
Follow Malk on Twitter at Malk's TV Talk. Dave, what was the place of television in your household as you grew up? Um, no, I will, we had the TV in the lounge room. It was one of those Gold Star TVs with the, the knob that you can turn. Good old lucky Gold Star, uh, yes. It was a Gold Star, and we had a dad bought the beta, um, not the, he didn't get the, um, it was the VHS or beta. Yeah. So he said, oh, we got the beta, which didn't give us a whole <laughs> a great selection at the video store. Ever diminishing video store corner. Yeah, I think I've seen Storm Boy about 20 times. <laughs> that was the one video that was always always on the shelves. Um, and, yeah, I think you could never get any of the good ones. Um, but yeah. it was in the corner. Look, I, I um, enjoyed watching it. I think the show, the first show I can remember being passionate about was a show called Secret Valley, which was on ABC. Yes. And it had uh, maybe a couple of Buchanans in it. Easily. Uh, maybe a brother and sister Buchanan. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I remember when they announced that Secret Valley would no longer be, you know, won't be on next week, I, I, I teared up. And Dad went to the ABC shop and bought me the Secret Valley T-shirt, um, oh. which sort of made it a little bit better. But that's the first time I remember just being, yeah, passionate about a TV show. And then after that was the Early Bird Show. We had a show here in Victoria called The Early Bird Show, which had Daryl Cotton, and mm-hmm. um, a creature called Marty Monster. And you can, yes. there's a famous footage of Marty Monster being beaten Massacred. up by a kangaroo. Yes. Um, and I that was the first time I went into a TV studio because I used to have a um, a competition. There was a, a remote control car called the Jet Hopper. Yes. And they used to have the Jet Hopper competition and you'd just write in your name. You'd send it off to Crow's Nest, I imagine it would have been. And, they, um, and if you're lucky enough, you got selected to go – um, and race the jet hoppers around the track. And if you won the jet hopper race, you'd win the, the grasshopper, which was a bigger jet hopper. Um, oh. But I told my friend Sean, I said, we've got to enter this. And we both entered, but he was the one who got on. And oh. he, look, I, I considered myself to be a bit of a, I was probably slightly better at the uh, remote control car. He, he had a mini jet hopper at the time and um, couldn't control the bigger one. Uh, but he said, look, he, he said, do you want to come along and watch me race? So we got up early and went to the early bird show. Um, and that was my first experience in a TV studio. And after that, my mum, she figured out that you could have a good night out by um, going in the audience of TV shows. Yes. So she um, would take us along to TV shows all the time. So I ended up, we went to Young Talent Time. Great. Um, and I think that was with Tina Arena was on it. I remember having, my parents ended up having a chat to Tina Arena in the hallway oh. afterwards. Have and, a good night, Australia, indeed. Oh yeah, it was great, you know. And then it was, and then we went to per, Perfect Match. Excellent. She took us to the audience of Perfect Match. So I'm not sure. <laughs> how old were you when you went to Perfect oh, Match? I would have been pretty. I, I think I would have been about 10, 10 or twelve. Oh, delightfully double entendre filled. Yeah, I yeah, no idea, but for me, I think Dexter w- would have been the um, mm-hmm. you know, the highlight for me. And Greg Evans, and they had a new Anki was I think the the girl who was the host, the new girl host. Um, she was uh, so it was, and who was the the, the warm up guy? Was the one who who re, who I found funny, and um, I can't remember his name, but he seemed around from Stig Stig someone. Oh gosh, it could Stig. be Stig. Yeah, maybe that was his name. But anyway, so I think that might have started my sort of fascination with TV and TV studios, which is yes. what I, I really do love being in a TV studio. Um, you know, with an audience, and uh, so a few times I've been lucky enough to do that. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm guessing that might have been where it all, where sort of my passion for TV, or maybe even making TV, came from. Uh, but yeah, there's the TV was in the corner of the lounge room, 
and we'd all sit around and the, the two, the one segment I can remember sort of the whole family sitting around was red faces. Yeah. Um, often yeah, mum, the scene from the castle, right? It, it was exactly the scene from the castle because, you know, often mum and dad might be getting ready to go out and they wouldn't leave the house on a Saturday night until red faces had been on, which is often pretty much bang on 6.30, I think. Was mm. it 7.30? Anyway, oh, it yeah. was at a time so, where uh, you could guarantee it was this time every week, which in a yeah, live show was incredible. Yeah, well, they knew. So well, I knew they weren't going out to Red Faces was on. They'd sit around and watch Red Faces. And then, um, like, after that, uh, I think the, the next show I watched was, was The Late Show when I was, yeah. I might have been, you know, 12 or 13. So I was too young to be going out, um, was it Friday night? Saturday night. Oh, Saturday. Saturday. Saturday night. Too, too young to be going out on a Saturday night, so I was stuck at home. And Dave, um, you're not that young. Well, what? Oh, no. How, how young am I? What, 30, 2037? Yeah. So, the Late Show was, I'm going to say, nine, I want to say 91. Oh, no, I was, yeah. Give I, us a look. Let's, we'll Google while we're talking. Yeah, do that. I was in year seven. Now I can remember because I was in year, it was either year seven or eight because I was at the junior school. So I'm saying 13, 14 maybe now. Wow! Here we go. Well, let's see. Let's see how good Wikipedia is. Because my friend David Montgomery, he he went. Well, let's go to the audience of the Late Show. So we called up. Ninety two, ninety three. Ninety two, ninety three. So oh, my maths is not great. Um, Jesus, I feel old, mate. Yeah. I have to tell you, I remember the same kind of concept watching the Late Show, but you couldn't go out. Yeah. Until you'd seen the Late Show. Well, I couldn't go um, out anyway. I was not, not allowed. <laughs> That's what I meant. Yeah. It's like you're not that young, gosh. You're not no. you actually that young. Yeah, I was. Yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't go out. So you know, the one segment was shit scared that I just yep. would wait for. You know, I, well, I loved it all, but shit scared was the one that we'd all go and talk about. And my friend, yeah, David Montgomery, my friend at school, got tickets to the Late Show, but we found out we had to be eighteen. Oh, and at the time, ooh. we sort of had sort of you know a bit of a moustache, but it wasn't a moustache. But we thought maybe we could pass, and in the end we decided that it wasn't worth risking it. And, you know, in, in retrospect, I think they probably would have let us in. You probably would have got up. in without yeah. a question. They would have just thought maybe we're some kids that belong to, a, you know, a producer or a friend, so I let them in. Something, but, something. Yeah, that was have... filmed out at Elstonwick, wasn't it, with the yeah. live stuff? Yeah, it, must, it would have been, I think, at the ABC stu- Studios. So, yeah, Dave, we didn't go to the Late Show. Uh, but we came close. It would have been great to to have been in the audience for one of those. But David Montgomery went on to win the Disney holiday from the Paddle Pop Sticks. What? Yeah. He won it. This David Montgomery guy, I know. Man, I far t- out. I don't know where he is these days, but I'm sure I'm sure if he's um he's he's sitting sitting high on a hill somewhere. <laughs> I like to think he went over to Disneyland and, and just never left. No, he, yeah, he, he, no, he did come back. He came back with tails. For everyone in school who wanted to hear what's it like, how'd you win the he, – he put the paddle pops together. How many lunchtimes did that take up, just sitting around the, oh. the David Montgomery font of knowledge? Well, <laughs> it could have. Yeah, it's like the time when my cousin bought back Reebok pumps in the <gasps> late 80s and he just had everyone in primary school following him around. Like, But don't pump him up too much. Yeah. That you could blow, no, you can't blow his that. feet off. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think that's – you know, that's – I've. Um, those were the two. We're going back to the TV shows, but the the Late Show um, was that that other show that I sort of sat home and was what they call, I suppose, appointment viewing. If that exists yeah, anymore, yeah. it does. Just the appointment differs for everybody else. Yeah, really, it? yeah, it's, yeah, that's right. Unless you intentionally say, "Hey, everyone," or "Hey, all of my friends," let's watch episode one of Insert Show here. Yeah, uh, at starting at nine o'clock tonight. Go press play. Yeah, yeah. 
Well, that's um, I don't, it, was, it was quite nice. I did enjoy it. Like, I do like that idea of watching a show when everyone else is watching it the same at the same time. Mm. I did see something earlier this year, uh, and it was started by a bunch of plane nerds. Uh, so there was a theme that continued out of it, but they they started it with a a live a planned live tweeting of Top Gun. Right. So they said starting at at something like eight o'clock. You know, Friday night, Australian Eastern Standard Time. So if you're in another time zone, work it out yourselves. Yeah. Press play on Top Gun and, and let's just watch it. Oh, it. It was hilarious. It was really great. Not only just watching a film that many- has, you know, some of the most homosexually overtoned heterosexual yeah. scenes you've ever seen, but Tom Cruise's teeth, um, Songs. It was. It's a good oh, film. Right. Yeah, because he got he had adult, adult braces, didn't he? Tom Cruise. I, I think after that he did. Yes. Yeah. Right. Um, it's and or well, the Mule. You were talking to Angus Sampson last week. Mm. Uh, the Mule did the same thing. They sort of did the, the Mule live. So um, I think they wanted everyone to sort of you know buy a copy of it off iTunes and mm. um, press play at the same time. And they did like a, a live tweet of it. Um, and that was so fun. Which was yeah no, it's a great way to you know to watch something because that they, that was a different way of releasing a movie altogether, wasn't it? Yeah, and, and a, a smart move, as Angus mentioned last week. If you haven't listened to it, people, episode 140 with Angus, he talks about how uh, they made this film, Lee Winnell, and he made this film, and then instead of putting it into cinemas and getting, you know, oh, only 60, yeah. blah, 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 because it needs a big push from an advertising perspective, they, working with Film Australia or whoever it was, uh, said, hey, let's let's do this via Apple. Let's just drop it as an iTunes thing and promote the living daylights out of it via social things. Uh, and I think yeah. that's gone really well. They hit number one, I think, that weekend on iTunes in Australia. They've hit number one in America, I think. Yeah, um, I, I, it, did, it did work. I mean, it was a bit of a gamble, but I think it paid off in that in that case. It's well, it's a great story, it, Dave. It, it was one of those. I, I I was you know, and they did have a few viewings in cinemas of the Mule, and it was a, it is a good movie to watch with a um, a lot of people in the cinema because there's a couple of scenes in it where yes. you get the, the reaction from a room full of people. Um, which, you know, it really drives it home when you can, you can hear some people actually sounding like they're being sick. Yeah, and probably are. Yeah, I think they might have been, which you don't get when you're watching it by yourself. No, you just get the feeling yeah, of, I right. think I'm really sick. I know, I need a break. <laughs> which at least you can take a break when you've got, when you've got it on iTunes or you can, you can press pause. It's like Joey from Friends. I don't know if you ever watched Friends, but I remember there's a distinctly an episode where he was reading a book. Yeah. And uh, when it got to a scary part, he just put the book in the freezer. He didn't want to continue. <laughs> just the book went in the freezer. I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't know if I remember that. Well, that was, that was another show, Friends, that I, I, I quite enjoyed. And that was sort of before the internet, I suppose. Mm. Well, Seinfeld was another one that was, you know, that you, I'd, I'd watch religiously as well. There's, you know, it's a, it's a different time to watch TV. But I did enjoy watching TV before the internet came along. Yeah. Um, and you only had, what, five channels to choose from. And Stormboy. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. Now look at us. We've got yeah. 60 million of them and there's nothing on, allegedly. Yeah, well, that's why you think it should, you know, there should be more pressure to make good stuff because people watch what they want to watch. And if it's it's not worth watching, people won't watch it. Well, there's talk with Channel 7 have bought the entire back catalogue of the Big Bang Theory. Right. Um, and there's talk that Nine have said, well, we've got the new season of the Big Bang Theory if you really want to see it, and Seven are going to show the other one to death as Nine have. But Nine have said to counter that, they're yeah. going to invest heavily in Australian comedy and Australian drama, which I think is wonderful, and also oh, a right. connection that, that they've got Stan that they're co-owners in, 
that yeah. is making you know its own original content as well as buying a whole bunch of stuff. Did you know you can watch the entire series of Friends? I think it's on Stan. Oh, is it? Yeah, the yeah, whole right. lot of it. So you can enjoy Ross and Rachel's uh, Ross and Emily's wedding. Yeah, okay. Uh, the birth as many of the times babies, as you like. All of those things. Um, so does as, this mean and- they they keep they'll be always on Stan, or, or do they get taken down eventually? Uh, it, it's agreement-based. So if they have an agreement for 12 months, then that content is there for that time. Right. I'd expect something like that will be a fairly long-term agreement that they've got because you can't expect, for example, friends to be up there for six weeks and no. then, oh, it's all gone now, kids. Yeah, yeah, right. It's, um, well, I think, yeah, I haven't got, got the stand. I did have Foxtel for a while, but mm-hmm. I've, um, I couldn't couldn't keep paying for it. There was, there was just a lot of TV commercials on it because originally when it came out, there weren't any TV commercials. That was the whole... Yeah. Selling point for it. There's a few shows that Foxtel don't put ads in. Right. Uh, but they tend to be on your showcase kind of deal. Yeah. Really, don't they? Yeah. Um, which is like a shame because it was, you know, working at Foxtel, the people there work, you know, really hard to, to make the shows. And um, mm-hmm. it's just a shame that a lot of it gets, you know, that you have to pay for it somehow. And apparently paying 100 bucks a month isn't enough. Mm-hmm. Well, Whatever you can now get it for cheaper. That was a platinum, I think. It has gotten cheaper, but not yeah. too much cheaper. So that's all right. How did the Nickelodeon yeah. gig come about for you? Um, that was, I think I, I, d- I decided, look, I wanted to give acting a bit of a go and I'd done a couple of film clips and maybe a couple mm-hmm. of ads. So you had done a couple of film clips, yes. Yeah, I, I ended, yeah. For so, you know, I think I was friends with a couple of people who were making the clips and they, you know, offered me 200 bucks to do them. And I thought that was, that was, that was enough, you know, for a couple of weeks for me to live on then. Yeah. Um, but so I look. I was going into casting uh, casting agents, and being on a kids show um, on a kids show was never really what I set out to do. But at the same time, I didn't know what I'd set out to do. So I went along and ended up getting this job for this new show um, called SNTV, which was Saturday morning Saturday Nick TV, which mm-hmm. was being produced by a production company down here called Burberry Production Productions. Um, and the producer was a her name's Marianne Carroll, who now she's in its Channel 7, and I think she ended up producing All Saints and a, a lot of shows. But that was a wow. live studio show. So, you know, it was it was really – it was shot at the ABC studios, um, you know, the, the, the I think the famous ABC studio where they, you know, they did, did the countdown and mm. probably the late show. So it was a really great show to, to be involved in. And then the, the contract just kept going with Nickelodeon. After that show finished here in Melbourne, they moved it to Sydney for another 42 episodes. Oh, and that was the end of that show. Um, and then Nickelodeon just said, would you like to keep doing shows for us? And it was great to um, have a contract. I th- you know, that's, it's, it's pretty rare to have anything that lasts for a year when you're acting or performing or what, whatever it is I do. So I, I took Would that. you like to enjoy a lifestyle where you get paid and can enjoy money? Yeah, yeah well, that's right. And at the same time, uh, it's you – you have to work three days a week and we'll just have to pour slime when you had maybe two of those days a week. How does that sound? So okay. um, it was hard to uh, hard to say no to it. And eventually uh, uh, I think I just – I had to give it up because the um, – I'd maybe just been slime one too many times and it was – it stopped being fun when – it stopped, you know, when you can't enjoy being slimed, it's time to give someone else a go on Nickelodeon. <laughs> but it was a really great job. And um, you know, I still miss it from time to time, especially now having a having a kid and uh, you know, show him a couple of the photos of me with slime on my head, and I think oh, it'd be great to you know do it again. But then once he gets slimed, it's just if you've got to catch a catch a plane from Perth to Sydney 
with slime caked in your ears. It's, <laughs> it's, it's um, you know, straight after an event, there's, you know, you go, oh, gosh, this is. No, then I remember the day I thought I've had enough is we had a game called In Your Face where kids would throw things at our head. And it was just called In Your Face. There was no point to it apart from kids yes. got to throw. And this one time it was a, what they threw at our head was a nappy filled with Nutella. Oh. So it was just, this kid's just pretty much just throwing shit at my head. That's, <laughs> then maybe, maybe there's something else, maybe there's something else to this. Um, and so, yeah, I, uh, you know, I, I um, couldn't, couldn't do it, couldn't continue with that after, after that one kid. That kid probably has no idea that that's, you know, changed my life. It did change your life. You've gone on to be involved uh, as a great character actor in a number of great series. I mean, we highlighted some of them before. We're seeing you right now, however, um, in Working Dogs Utopia, the second season yeah. of it. What, what's it like, given that you're someone, you know, like you said, you used to sit up, I have to watch The Late Show, to be working with these people that gave us that funky squad, front line, all of that sort of stuff? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think it's um, – it, it, I, I saw still – um, you know, I suppose you pinch yourself and I, I listening to, you know, the last week's episode with Angus Sampson talking about Mad Max as mm. being one of those things that you um, you watch these people and the way the way they started, I think they were putting together the idea for Utopia. So they just, um, I got a call and um, uh, they said, look, um, Working Dog, they're putting together something. They're just doing a workshop for a day. Would you mind helping them out with a workshop? So it didn't feel like I was auditioning for them. And I think they were just yeah. throwing ideas around, working out if the cameras would work, working out maybe even if, you know, they're, they, you know how they were going to shoot it, if, if they could shoot it. So there was no pressure for me feeling like I was auditioning for Working Dog because I think if I, fe- if I knew that, I, I, I would have completely stuffed it up. Um, so I got to spend a day. So that first day of just meeting, I'd never met Rob or, or Santo or Tom. So they were all there in this office and I had to really try and keep my cool and just to be around them and, uh, you know, pretend I knew what I was doing. Uh, so it's, it's a real thrill. And then uh, eventually I said, oh, well, that, that thing you did with them um, in that office, um, they're turning that into a pilot and then after that do the pilot and then you sort of, I suppose you wait, might have been six months and they said they're doing a series and and – I, you know, I got the call saying, oh, they, you know that they're, they're doing a series of, I don't think it was called Utopia then. Um, and then I had to ask, like, that's great, but am I in it, you know? Yeah. That's, that's fantastic. So, um, oh, it's, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's great to watch the way they work because they're so thorough and they, they've got mm. their own way of working and which points out that there's no right or wrong way to do it to, to make a TV show. They, and they've got a real a shorthand with each other. But often when you get the drafts, they've, you know, it's the sixth draft before you get to read it. Wow. And they're still working on it till you're shooting it. And they're, they're in there, I think, a couple of times I had to go in on the weekend to the office just because I'd left something there. And they'd be there around the table still working on the scripts that they, Gosh. which were pretty, you know, which were bloody funny anyway. Yeah. So um, I think, you know, their work ethic is incredible and the way they support each other on their projects and especially Rob um, Sitch, he, like, he he writes it, he directs it and, you know, he acts in it as well as remembering all those. He's, he's got a lot of dialogue as well. Yes. So for me, I'm lucky I only get to – I just get to chime in with one or two stupid things, you know, during a scene. <laughs> but even there, I just think don't stuff it up, don't stuff it up. Everyone's got through it so far. Just don't, don't miss your one line that you've got. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think – yeah, I, f- I feel really lucky that I've got to um, 
you know, be involved in anything they do. So I would have been happy just doing that first workshop for the day. Um, and that's why I walked away from that going, oh, that was great. You know, I got to meet yeah. them and work with them. And so to be in the second series of Utopia, uh, it's, it's a real thrill. How do you describe your character, Scotty? It's, it's a tough one because it took me a while to work out what Scott actually did, I think. Because <laughs> you've got Rob um, or Tony and Nat. Yes. They're the, they're the brains of the office and I think you'd be happy, any office would be happy having them at the, you know, at the helm. Yep. Um, and everyone else is there just, it seems to be, as a roadblock for those two. So <laughs> yes. I, I feel, although, like, it's hard. You've got to, with Scott, the character, I, I, I'm not sure how far removed it is from me, actually, but he's, um, it, it, you don't want him to be so stupid that he they'd just fire him. So he's, I think he's quite helpful and um, mm-hmm. will, you know, any project he's given will go at it but maybe from the wrong angle. So I don't know. I think often time I was just there to look look like I'm listening, hearing, but just completely missing the point and just sort of putting up those roadblocks for Tony just to give him, you know, so it's, you can get that priceless, you know, uh, exasperated look that Rob Sitch can do. I, you know, it's just, what is it? It's like a look of disbelief, I think. Yes. And Celia, or Celia's eyebrow acting too, that's one thing I just. Solid brow. She, oh, she could open up a, a school of how to act with your eyebrows because yep. it's amazing. Um, I wish I could do it myself. There are so many funny vignettes and moments that sit even within the, the, the main plot through each episode. I've been lucky enough to see all eight of this second season already. Oh, um, you've caught them all. Oh, great. Yeah. Yeah. It's Look, it, people, ABC, iView, catch up on the ones you've missed. Uh, I think this week we're up to episode four, if my timeline is correct. Yeah, in my that's head. right. I think it's the uh, Nation Education Nation, oh, uh, yes. the, which is on tonight. Is that is this going to work with? Um, oh, that's right. Time Podcast time is Education Nation. That's when we're recording. Yes, but then this will go to air the following week. Yes. Okay. So I, I, it's something. Yeah. But- well, yes. Uh, so it's got the episode uh, which has got the, they've got the secu- secu- security in the office as well. So security's oh, the, been up. Freedom of information request. That's right, yeah. Oh, dear me. And now, I don't know if you get this feedback, Dave, but certainly the people that I talk with and talk to about TV, uh, they have suggested to me, people that work in offices, yep. government or otherwise, that it's not a comedy. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's a documentary. I've, I've heard this a lot of books. People um, – you know, when they, they'll say, oh, excuse me, are you on that um, Utopia show? And they, so I just had to stop you to tell you what happened last night happened in my oh, office today or that's, gosh. you know, it's not far removed, which is scary. And I think also because there's all, like, often a couple of storylines, there's the office storyline in an episode and there's the political storyline. And yeah. I don't think the, the political stuff's too far off either, which is no. scary. No, well, you look at just the, the joke about I think it was you and Rob went to visit um, a development and I think you had the throwaway comment. It's got the throwaway comment. It didn't take very long. And Rob goes, yeah, that's because we came in that. The camera pulls back, hands across, and there's a helicopter there. Now, this was written and filmed long before the Bronwyn Bishop debacle. Yeah. Yeah, I think that one, well, that one hasn't gone to air. I remember that one that's got uh, Colin Colin Lane's in that one. 
Yes. Um, and they're, try- oh. they're trying to rezone some uh, pesky green wedges, I think they were calling Yeah, green wedges, <laughs> horrible. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so great. Um, oh, even down to the um, – I think it was was it week one or week two, the first or second episode of this season where you and Tony, Scott and Tony, go off to see a virtual reality uh, rendering of uh, oh, the, yeah. green, the green space that's supposed to be giving back to the public. That's right. And you put on the goggles and look around and it's just buildings. Yeah, that's that's. And um, Scotty is enveloped by it. It's hilarious. Well, that's right. I, I think um, – well, that's what's got. He gets sidetracked. Like he's, he's enthusiastic, and the technology, like those three um, D mm. goggles. But for him, it's not about what's being built. It's like you know, he can see seagulls and birds and people. <laughs> he's saying hello to the security yeah. guard, and it just the whole way through at the beats, which are not real. Yeah, not that's real. right. Well, that's. I think Tony. You know, it's it's funny that Tony puts up up with Scott, but um, I think you know, often if Tony needs a piece of paper or a um, you know, or a map or something. Scott knows where it is and can bring it to him straight away. Like he's, yeah. he's not completely stupid, but no, um, he's competent at something. He has to be. Yeah, but just that, doesn't, doesn't. For starters, it. wouldn't stand you know. it. Right? She'd be cut him out. Of, as you will see yeah. in a coming episode, when yeah. Nat has to deal with someone who isn't very competent at work. Um, wow! Wow! Yeah. Oh goodness, Dave! Yeah. It's so great. Yeah. It's now, a- yes, please. I was just saying, no, it's great to like to, when you get to watch the whole thing because often you get to see a lot of it. But um, when you watch everyone else's bits on the show, like you know Luke, Luke McGregor and Celia, I just you know I love watching Gosh. them and um, mm. and all the other guest characters. Where often you don't get to sit in on the scenes and see them when they're in a boardroom. Uh, yep. it's 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 great to watch. I really, uh, yeah, you know, it's one of those shows. Often I find it, you know, it's hard to like. I still think. Uh, you, you watch yourself and go, I could have said that line slower or maybe I should have said that faster. But, you know, you get a bit too picky. But um, I do enjoy watching it when it goes, you know, these shows when it goes to air, which I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing or what that says about me. But um, I think too, I think it's great. It's, uh, you know, it's, um, you know, Tony, Rob Sitch as well and and you got Santo on the camera. I think that was yeah. in the second series, the uh, the first day we were shooting, I think there's a, there's a scene – um, where it's got the Spanish dancers there at the tunnel yep. launch and the Spanish yes. dancers are coming back. And I remember just looking yes. across and Santo was up a ladder with the camera and Rob was there filming and I just, you know, it's just one of those things, you go, wow. It's, you know, it's, you, you feel very lucky to, you know, be able to, that they've given, written some words for you to say. Yeah. And and that scene, in fact, is delightful. The, the, the This public launch of the new tunnel or the, no, the tunnel borer that has arrived. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and, you know, trying to make sure there's no protest and stuff and a plane flies over and it starts doing letters and, and Scotty's looking up and trying to work out the letters and Tony's going, no, I, I know what it says. Yeah. Uh, and, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, Kitty Flanagan's character, she's worked it out too. Yeah, that's right. Well, often, like, there's a lot of things they'll, they'll shoot the script and I think then they had, and Santo might come over and say, hey, here's, maybe you want to try this out. Like, you know, he'll feed me something just as a little surprise Every now and then, which you know, it's it's great. It's great. And there's a few. I think. Like I was, I was in the in the the last. You've seen the last episode that goes to air, and I think, I there's, yeah, there's after the credits, they've got one there, and I've, I'm not sure if any. I watched it, but I can't see if anyone. But I can see myself laughing at something Rob says mm-hmm. in the. Um, yes. I um I'm not sure if they noticed it, but I noticed it because I remember laughing on the day, and I thought oh, I might have ruined the take. But I think you can just see, and they've cut out just at the last moment. Where um, because often often that you just want, you don't want to ruin it. 
by laughing. Oh, no, no, I think it's great. It really, because it is just a throwaway scene. Like you said, it's sort of post credits and uh, and play on, and it's related to what has gone on in the business of the episode. But I think there's that, mm. it's acknowledging the absurdity of the process that so confines the NBA <laughs> that you guys, you know, you do it, but that just that moment, like you said, it just cuts just as in the background if you watch, and you will have to watch it if you're not focusing on, on Dave at the time. But if you watch him, you just yeah, you start to laugh. It's like that's great. That is so great. Yeah, I I, I, I thought because I thought I remember at the time I thought oh, I've I've ruined it and often and with that there was a and that's the first episode they had a scissor lift in the office. Yes, but I so I remember like just laughing at the whole idea of it as soon as I got on it. And there's a few <laughs> you see I've got my head turned in a few of them because I'm trying not to laugh, not laugh. It's just laughing at the idea that. You know, for, for health and safety reasons, they've got to bring a, a scissor lift into the office to get something off the top shelf. So I, I said, you know, I think I, I, I hopefully didn't ruin, you know, to that that take, but I turned my head, so I was fine. But um, there's a well, there's a cut right at the end uh, again, sort of just pre or post credits, yeah. where uh, they, they need another document. And you're still up the scissor list. Oh, I'll get it, and you push a lever. And instead of moving or going down or whatever, you go up into the ceiling, yeah, the suspended right. ceiling, and uh, or, uh, hang on, and like you go to fix it, adjust it, and instead of going down or forward, you go up further into it. Yeah, um, that I was, um, yeah, I was tr- trying hard not to giggle. It's it's so great, but then you, I remember rewatching the episode, and there's just a, a shot. It, it's of zero consequence in the grand scheme of things, continuity wise. But the roof is really dented. Yeah, I, I did notice that, and I was wondering where that happened because I only did the roof thing once. But maybe I'm trying to remember. Yeah, I noticed that as well um, that the roof had been dented before because it's I flimsy. I thought they'd ask me to stop. Um, maybe don't put the scissor lift through the through the roof again. <laughs> if I did it, but you know, I I, I just did it. And, um, but yeah, it was just the the absurdity of trying to, you know, bring a scissor lift into an office. And the sound it made was making me laugh. <laughs> yeah, that weird kind of electrical. Yeah, the electric Motory. And yeah. I, I was looking down at the wheels and just the, the whole idea of it was just stupid. But I'm sure I'm sure that's happened in an office, you know, before. Um, so it's great. Yeah, you get, you get this because we get the scripts the week before. So you don't get the, the whole series in one hit. Mm. Um so we got the. I think we we finished shooting an episode on a Thursday, and before you go, you'll get you're given the script for the next for the next week. So often in traffic, I mean, you're not allowed to talk on phones in traffic, but I didn't. I don't think there's a law against you know reading scripts, but that was much more dangerous than talking <laughs> on your phone because I'd be at the lights just not wanting to you know put it down. Uh, yeah, it was great. It was just the, you know the the ideas in it. So they're just they're very a very clever bunch of people. Oh, it's wonderful seeing you all together because I think they have got the casting spot on. Everybody in their role, everybody playing to the strengths of their character or weaknesses, as it were. Yeah. Um, Kitty Flanagan is a monster. Oh yeah, she's a monster great. as Rhonda. Yeah, she's so really, great. she's she's really good. And I think to, everyone you know gets along as well because all the parts are so different. You know, and yeah. you just enjoy. When you read the scripts, you know how Nat's going to say anything. That's just perfect, perfect for Nat. And you, you know, you chuckle just thinking how he, uh, Luke McGregor's going to say the lines. Yeah, gosh. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know if there's plans for another one or where that's all headed. But um, you know, I think I'm just waiting, waiting by the phone in case. Well, I hope so. There should be more of it. What, what can we expect 
from you in Oddball, this new uh, Aussie film that you're in. Yeah, that's um, that was interesting. I just got a call and then someone said, "Would you like to?" There's a there's a little part to play the policeman in a movie, and I'd never didn't even know they were making a movie, but you know, you just went, "Yeah, that sounds that sounds great fun." And then after I said, "Yeah, I'd, of course, I'd love to do a little part." Um, you know, I found out, you know, Sarah Snook was in the movie. Mm. Um, another mate of mine, Richard Davies, who was in Offspring. Um, and at the, um, and then Stuart McDonald was directing, who I met a few times before, Shane Jacobson and Alan Tudyk, which Tudyk, Tudyk, I don't know. Alan Tudyuk. 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 Alan Tudyuk. I don't know. The guy that you, if you see him, you go, oh, that guy. Yeah, it's he's, he's that's that guy, the, quite that, literally. That's the guy. He's on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's he's and he and you know you see. Oh, okay. So when you turn up, you go. Oh, that guy. That guy. Oh, great. This is. Um. So it's just the policeman. It's you know it's about the the dog and uh, they've got or Frank Woodley's the dog catcher. So this the policeman's not really a villain, but he's just trying to do his job. So I think I uh, you know there's about I've only got a few scenes, but um, again when they filmed that in Warrnambool, so it was great just to you know have an excuse to go down to Warrnambool for um for a week or two. Well, the promo machine dress up has like started. a policeman. Yeah, yeah. The promo machine has started big. There was a big story on it on Sunday night last week on Seven. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure they've probably invested in it, which probably doesn't hurt in the same way. But um, <laughs> yeah. it's great that, you know, we, we're still, we can make some great, you know, Aussie films and then we can make just some fun, good Aussie films like this. Yeah. It's, um, you know, it was a lot, it's a lot of fun to make. And you got, oh, Deb, Deb Mailman's in it also. Oh, yeah. and also, oh, what was his, I can't, Terry, Terry Camilleri. Who I was going? How do I know this guy? He plays the judge in the movie. I'm like, how do I, mm. I know him? And eventually, I just sort of like say, Terry, where was? And he said, I did this um, movie called Bill and Ted's, and <gasps> I played Napoleon in it. And I was like, oh, my of course, God. oh my, that's where that's who you are. And he, you know, he changed a bit, but it was you know Napoleon. So, and he's one of these actors. I think he's just sort of done lots. Like when he when he sort of said, I said, oh, you know, then he st- then he opened up and said, oh, when I was working, what was the what was the um, Jim Carrey Big Brother movie. He was um, Jim Carrey was being watched by all those cameras. What was that one? Um, um, with yeah, yeah. Um, uh, oh, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Yeah, Him. that one, that movie. So he was, you know, he had a little scene. He's the guy in the bath watching it at the end. But he's one of these guys who's gone over there and um, you know ends up in all these all these movies. And he had a big part in Bill and Ted's. Uh, so he, yeah. he's in it as the judge. Uh, but it's a really, um, right. you know, I've, I they had a preview and I took. Um, my son along and he, he may be a little bit young for it, like four and a half, but still there was lots of bits in it that he didn't like, you know, there's police, you know, I, I got, I got to do a bonnet slide in it, slide across the bonnet. Nice. So I think that was all, that's all he needed. But when I was doing it, I, cause you know, I've got a moustache, I've got a moustache. Um, so I had to wear the moustache for maybe about a month, six weeks. And I was taking, yeah. taking him to swimming lessons. I explained to him, he said, well, at work today, I was pretending to be a policeman and I got to pull some people over and then he was at swimming lessons and the swimming teachers just turned to me and gone, really? And I, I said, what? what, what? And she, he, he, she just said, your son just told me that dad dresses up a, as a policeman and pretends to pull people over. Excellent. With no idea that I did it you yeah. know, for acting. She just thought I was some sort of creep with a moustache who, you know, well done, pretends to be a policeman. Yeah, I know. It's hard. That's the other problem with, you know, I get a, I've been getting a lot of moustache work, like when the I think the mule <laughs> you mentioned and in excess mm. was moustache. So... I'm not sure who um, who's who's getting the work if it's me or, or the moustache. So yeah, you do. Well, Scotty could never shave the beard off, right? Well, I the, I can't remember the reason. I think he ended up with a beard was I, for some reason I might have had to 
have it when they we shot the pilot. So, uh, gosh, yeah, and then he ended up with it, and um, so I don't think. No, I think I don't. I think I'll have to keep it. I don't think. I think it'd be a different character. It's 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 good at being able to grow moustaches and sideburns, and but just not when you. It's not really a life enhancement. A moustache. <laughs> I haven't found it to you know work in my favour. I hear you. And you look we like barely, a creep. We've barely scratched the surface. I did want to ask you just quickly before we wrap up about the uh, mm. the the memorable moment stuff that you do with Stephen Curry. How does that come into your sphere of opportunity? Is that just an audition, or, uh, or how does that work? Yeah, that was an audition. It was. Um, Gosh, 11 years ago, I think the first one, 11 or 12 years ago was the first one. It was an audition. Um, you know, they auditioned for ads and um, turned up it was just going to be one or two ads, two toy ad, two ads recreating legendary moments. And Yes. Uh, they, I think they had no idea it was going to just keep going. Oh, I had no idea it was going to keep going and going. But, um, yeah, you turn up and it was just one of those, you know, lucky things that I ended up getting that job and, uh, each ad you shoot, and it's changed a lot over the years. I think you know. I think now Toyota have actually they've got us, um, you know, in the dealership selling cars. Eventually, they went, yes. "Hang on, guys, you've got to, <laughs> you got to you, you got to sell. You got to at least you know move a Camry for us. <laughs> we can't. You can't. You can't get to kick kick to kick with right. Oh, well, if I'm if we could do that, I'm sure. Yeah, well, that's it because you, you had some great costumes. You know, you know. Sorry, you had some great costumes in that series. You had to dress up as a female streaker and run out on the field and all sorts of crazy things. Um, but, yes, ultimately, you're just there kicking a footy or climbing up the back of some incredible footy legends. Yeah, yeah. it's, it's always good because they come up with the scripts with those and you think, oh, because we had a, they've had flamethrowers and all sorts of things. So it's always, you know, it's another thing where you're excited. They go, look, we're going to film another one and this is who the legend is and – um, just, you know, have, have a read of the script and be great. You are, this is fantastic. Well, I get to what kick kick with Tony Lockett. Malk's TV Talk, the podcast. Well, here's to seeing you in many, many more things, uh, Mr. Lawson, whether it be another series of Utopia, even the one that's just continuing now, people. 9 o'clock, 9.05-ish, Wednesday nights on the ABC. Do yourself the absolute favour and enjoy that to death. Uh, and check out Oddball when it hits the cinemas. Go and have a look and see all these people. See Dave slide across the uh, bonnet of a police car. Thank you, Dave. And thank you, everyone else, for joining us this week on Mulks TV Talk, the podcast. Follow me on Twitter at Mulks TV Talk and find me on Facebook and Instagram at thosethings.com slash Mulks TV Talk. New episodes are out Tuesdays, so make sure you subscribe via iTunes or your favourite podcasting app. And please do leave a sweet review. Tune in next week when you'll hear Dave Lawson say... Um... That's fine with me. Good night. <laughs> <laughs>